passes, hit well into center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here. Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast, part two of our season in review. My name is Trent Raj, happy to have you here. Uh, here, what we're going to do on the podcast today here, and this is going to be the last podcast until the Angels do end up signing a new general manager because we are going to step away for just a little bit, let the baseball playoffs play out. I know it's killing me too, seeing the Houston Astros do what they're doing right now, and I just can't help but thinking, man, that could have and should have been the Angels in that spot, but uh, that's neither here nor there. There. It's time to, to spend a little bit of time thinking about the 2020 season and go back and reflect on a lot of different areas. And uh, we, we heard a lot about the future last week. And now on this episode, we had Mark Langston come on Angels Recap on the radio, which airs after every Angels game. And this was after Friday night's game. The Angels were officially eliminated. They lost that game, that final Friday of the season, I should say, when the, the Dodgers ended up winning that game. And it was the night where the Texas Rangers had the heroics and they came back and they beat Houston. It was just one of those really wild nights. It truly did feel like a playoff game and ultimately was elimination night for the Angels. Well, Mark Langston uh, graciously joined us on Angels Recap afterwards. He didn't have to do that. Uh, just came on over uh, in our studio and we talked about a lot of different Angels subjects. So we're going to share that with you uh, coming up here in just a moment. And then uh, later on on this podcast, we also talked with Andrew Heaney about his charity and some of the things he's got going on. It's a really cool thing that Andrew Heaney did over the weekend. We're going to share some of that with you. In the meantime, here now our conversation with Mark Langston on the night that the Angels were eliminated from any chance of going to the playoffs. Well, the Angels made it all the way down to the final weekend of the regular season, still in contention. First time they had been this close since 2015, uh, but close but no cigar tonight as the Angels go down 9-5 to the Dodgers, and uh, their 32nd loss of the season ends up being the uh, final blow for the Halos as they will not be going to the playoffs this year. We are joined in studio now by Mark Langston. Uh, Mark, it's great to have you here. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, and uh, we do appreciate uh, you sticking around and uh, answering some questions on what was just kind of a tough night for Angels baseball. Yeah, it certainly was a tough night, and uh, so many things were going right. And in fact, when Terry Smith actually talked about uh, the whole scenario that was playing out in Arlington, I, I literally did have goosebumps on my arm when uh, that Ronald Guzman hit that home run to tie the game and send it to extra innings. It, it was a, it was one of those things where you're going, is this really going to play out the way you hope to? Uh, and at that point, the Angels had a, a two-run lead. At that right. point, leading the game five to three, and you're thinking this is going. Maybe this is the magic. Angels are playing as as good as they played all season long here in the month of September, and you're thinking that. Wow, this is is starting to materialize right in front of our eyes. I mean, the Texas Rangers were down to their final strike. The Angels needed them to win tonight to beat Houston. And then all of a sudden, with the Angels up by two runs, as you mentioned, they're getting the Clayton Kershaw. Trout hits the three-run home run. And then Ronald Guzman does this. Presley again after a couple of quick outs. 
And this ball hit well down the right field line, heading toward the corner, and that's gone! Guzman ties it up in the ninth inning! And Presley can't believe it! Fourth of the year for the Condor! And we're square at three. The Condor comes through for the Angels, but uh, not enough right there at the end. Is uh, they end up scoring another run there in extra innings, uh, but you just you could hear the excitement on the Rangers broadcast team that from the Rangers television network. Uh, but uh, the Angels again had chances in this game, just were not able to come through. Let's get out to Twitter because I know that you guys want to be part of the show. That's what it's here for, and uh, we'll see what you guys had to say uh, about uh, tonight's game. Tweet Trent. Tweet Trent. Tweet Trent. Tweet Trent. Tweet Trent. I really should have a Twitter account. Twitter is stupid, and Instagram is Twitter for people who can't read. Sorry, if it's not trending on Twitter, it doesn't exist. All right, well, appreciate all the tweets we're getting tonight, and Mark's going to be here to uh, help answer some of these. Well, this one is coming from an Angels fan who decided to write in, literally the name is at an Angels fan. <laughs> what if we would have gone after some bullpen help for Lestella and Goodwin, the trade deadline, Diamondbacks, Rangers, uh, those games came back to hurt us. Heaney had a good run with a couple of games, but today, obviously, he didn't have his best stuff. Uh, why not pull him after his struggles uh, early on? Are we cursed? Uh, <laughs> from uh, an Angels fan. Mark, I'll, I'll let you take a shot at this one first. Yeah, I mean this is one of the deals. Andrew Heaney, you have to remember, is your opening day starter. You need some kind of length. And again, this game, and the season wasn't lost here tonight. You have to go way back. The Angels dug themselves such a deep hole, and you're playing you know, uh, where you don't have the luxury of losing, and you're playing the Dodgers. Dodgers are a good team. And you're scoring runs against Clayton Kershaw, and you feel pretty good. And it's just one of those off nights for Andrew Heaney. And it to me, it was the second time through the lineup. First time through the lineup, Andrew Heaney was great. They score a run in the first inning on a double steal, something that right. should never have occurred. And that gave the Dodgers that one nothing lead. And then the Angels go ahead and they score three times in that third inning. And for Andrew Heaney, to me, the second time through the lineup, you could see the Dodgers making the adjustment. Andrew Heaney, it's no secret how he pitches the right-handed hitters. He loves to throw the ball in the inside part of the plate. That's his game. That's what he does. He makes you conscious of the ball in the inner half of the plate and then tries to slow you down with either the changeup on the outside or uses that curveball to go with it. Uh, For Andrew Heaney, it just seemed like the adjustments that the Dodgers made in that second time through the lineup, uh, Justin Turner hits a fastball on that inside part of the plate. Uh, looked like he made the adjustment, opened up quickly and got to it. And you saw the same thing with A.J. Pollock on a fastball that was on the inner third. He does the same thing. It's like they were cheating to get to that yeah. fastball in the inner half of the plate. And for Andrew Heaney, uh, you, you almost got to readjust. And that's the thing about when you're on the mound – you have to adjust quickly. If you feel like they are getting to a, an area or a zone and are hunting it and cheating to get to pitches, that means that outside part of the plate should be wide open for you. Uh, and for Andrew Heaney, it, it, again, it did happen fairly quick, and that just that fifth inning got away from the Angels. Well, you think about Heaney and his six starts prior to this one, five of them were quality starts, and he had been looking good. He had been looking like the guy we've been seeing flashes of of Heaney for many years, and you looked like it was coming together for Heaney this season. You know, your opening day starter, this is a guy that you are absolutely depending on. This is the guy that you would want on the mound in a game like this and a big situation 
you know, clearly it didn't go well for Heating tonight, but Mark, how much can a game like this do for him moving forward and maybe getting into other spots like this when the playoffs do come? Because tonight was essentially like a playoff game. Oh, yeah, sure. And you look at Andrew Heaney down the stretch, his last five starts, 3-1 and one record, 2.70 ERA. So he has been that guy that the Angels have counted on when they've gone on this nice run to position themselves here tonight. Uh, to me, Andrew Heaney, it, it, we've seen some things, some kind of turning the corner. The thing that I've always seen with Andrew Heaney is the going deeper into ball games. They need him to be a guy. A, first is health for Andrew Heaney. Staying healthy is first and foremost. And then figuring out how to get deeper into games. We've been seeing that out of the last five starts, six starts out of Andrew Heaney, starting to get into that seventh inning. That's what you need out of a guy that's the front end of the rotation, a guy that can help that bullpen take their take a deep breath and have some time off. And uh, just, again, tonight was just one of those nights where the Dodgers' adjustment that they made on Andrew Heaney uh, was the difference in this game. Yeah, no doubt about that. We're getting some more tweets coming in. This one from Cody Keene, who says, kind of fitting that the Angels' pitching ends their playoff run, pitching especially the bullpen was a problem all season and a problem tonight five runs allowed with two outs we know that that's been a big story all season uh, better pitching next year and we'll be a playoff team for sure with our offense Cody I agree with you and you're talking about a top three offensive team in the American League with the Angels have been this year you know and, and you know along those lines I was kind of thinking about this too and you know the way tonight went maybe reevaluate my opinion because I was looking at the offseason free agent market and you know you and I talk all the time market about you know what direction should the Angels go? Or do you go after the big free agent? Do you try to acquire a, a starter in a trade? Maybe Liam Hendricks, a, a great reliever, and I was kind of tempted to maybe go down that road of hey, Liam Hendricks could be start from the bullpen and kind of go backwards. Um, but it, clearly, starting pitching is what you got to have, and the Angels still need more of that. Oh, for sure, the Angels they need the starting pitching. They need to kind of adjust them. St- Address some of the pieces down in the bullpen. Also, we've seen some um, some bright spots. I thought this year in the bullpen, uh, Mike Myers has been an absolute, uh, really a bright spot. And then we've seen some hit and misses. We've seen mm-hmm. some guys with some great performances down the bullpen, and some times where it didn't go their way. So uh, you you can always adjust. I think with bullpens. Angels rotation, they definitely need to to make some adjustments in that Angels rotation. And I, and I think this is a team that is going to focus on that big time this offseason. Offensively, again, this team leaned on the offense quite a bit. There yeah. seems like so many games where this team would fell behind and they had to go to the whip and ask that offense to step up. And they have, and yeah. certainly down the stretch where they played well, uh, the offense has been a big part of that. We we knew that going in. This team was mm-hmm. built to out slug other teams, and we have seen that. That this team is really uh, to me. It's been so impressive to watch them these late comebacks. This team never gave up the entire season. And uh, Terry, we broke it down at the end of the of uh, the broadcast here tonight. This team uh, was twelve and twenty five, I think, going yeah. into the month of September, uh, and was able to to make it this right. far. Nobody, including myself, gave them an opportunity to even get to this point. So that tells you a lot about this ball club, the fight that they had into it. Uh, but there's no question they're going to have to address the rotation, and you can maybe. 
maybe adjust a few pieces in the bullpen. Uh, and, and those that's the same needs. Most teams are looking for that as far as the bullpen help, are, are always on the hunt for uh, bullpen pieces. Sure. Yeah, I think the Angels, what, 9-22 and 22 at one point this season. They have shown a lot of character, a lot of fight, and that's something to build upon. Uh, I'm getting... A, Angel fans are, are phrasing this in their own words, but I'm going to take it because I got a lot of tweets about this. I want to talk about some of the decisions tonight because I know Cam Bedrosian has not been in a whole lot of high leverage situations this year, but you look at his season numbers, his season numbers have actually been pretty good this season, and they were decent last year as well. Uh, the decision for uh, Pena to come in for Bedrosian there, a lot of people have asked me about that. I know that that was one It looked like Bedrosian was kind of cruising. A tough spot. Um, I, I can see where Joe Madden's coming from in wanting Felix Pena, who's kind of been a horse for you out of the bullpen down the stretch. Uh, it's been a little shaky the last week or so, but that being said, that, that was a tough spot, a tough decision right there uh, for Joe to make, and, and he ultimately decided to go with Pena, thought that was the better matchup. What were you thinking uh, in that time, Mark? You, you know, to me, I'm always a firm believer the more guys that get run out there, it just takes that off night for one of those guys to kind of make things go not the direction you mm-hmm. want to go to. And it seemed like he was going to empty, empty the holster down in that bullpen. And I agree. Campadrosian was really good in this game. There, to me, I'm always with the eyeball test. What is the eyeball test yeah. telling you? And for Bedrosian, he retires the three guys that he faces, uh, and then Joe goes to the bullpen, and an off night for Felix Pena. He comes in. It's a struggle night for him, uh, and you know that that's part of it. Mike Myers, and the same thing. You, you look at Ty Butchery. Ty Butchery was out there doing his thing, right? And then Mike Myers has been so good for the Angels. I, I mean, it's been amazing to watch him throw, and he's been Mr. Consistent tonight and off night for Mike Myers. He ends up giving up that two-home run, that two-run home run there to Rios there, and that, and that was there, there's just a lot of little daggers that that occurred yeah. in that game. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, after once he went and got uh, Bedrosian, it seemed like. Those kind of moves, they backfired, and it, it, he was just going to try to try to match up as best he can. Maybe a lot of statistical numbers that they had down there available to him. Right. They, those those are all things. Those are in game moments. Those are in game decisions that they look at. I'm always about the eyeball test. What is your eyeball test? The guy that was out there get you through that inning. You give Felix Pena, you know, the opportunity to potentially start the next inning. Uh, and you go from there. And I think a lot of this, again, boils down to you needed your opening day starter to be able to get you more innings tonight, really, uh, to try to limit that bullpen usage like you're talking about. Uh, at the same time, when Heaney came out, I know that some of the reporters were asking Joe Madden about Andres being the guy to fill that spot there. Mark, where I am stuck is I don't know where else you go if you're Joe Madden in that spot because you have a starting pitcher in the fifth inning, a, a tight game. I, I know that he mentioned possibly going to Myers in the sixth. I, I just don't know where you could have – I know that Myers has been your guy, but I, I don't know that you can go to him in the fifth inning. I think it's too early because then you're stuck the rest of the way. Obviously, hindsight being twenty twenty, you'd like to have it all over again. But the Angels, in that moment, after the fifth inning, were trailing anyway. So for me, a lot of those bullpen moves, relatively arbitrary because yep. you had your chance early on and you were unable to capitalize. And in some of that, too, even goes down to the first inning when the Angels had a great chance. Oh, I, Yeah, they're definitely – they ended up with 12 hits in the game. 12 hits usually contributes to more than five runs in the game. So and you got 
Kershaw. And you got you got, you got Clayton Kershaw, and again, it was uh, it was it was a really good offensive performance. And you looked at that first inning, and you had Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. You felt pretty good, first mm-hmm. and third, nobody out. Angels do not score in that first inning, but Mike Trout comes back his second at right. bat. You get him once, but uh, second time <laughs> through, he certainly made uh, made the most of that. And that was a curveball that he just went down and got off Clayton Kershaw. It was fun to watch that, and Trout delivered in again in a game they needed him to step up he didn't get it done his first at bat but his next at bat right. he did get it done and stepped up uh it, it, you know it's it's one of those games you, you can't pick apart too much of the offensive side because i i liked a lot what they did offensively mm-hmm. and again when you start falling behind by by a lot of runs and we've seen this team have the ability to come back but it it's just a it's a hard ask on a nightly basis and tonight too much and again you're going against the best bullpen in the National right. League, the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, from an offensive standpoint, we can say, yes, Andrew Heaney had an off day. They are really good, one through nine offensively. They are a team that hits the ball out of the ballpark. They lead every statistical number you want to throw out there. Their offense is towards the top in everything. They lead all of baseball as far as home runs are hit. They proved it tonight with the five home runs. They make adjustments on the fly. And a lot of their swings have that. They they look, they hunt fastball. They look to get in counts to where they can eliminate the off-speed pitch. They hunt fastballs. They hunt for fastballs in certain locations. And you have to make those adjustments on the fly out on the mound. All right, we got a lot more tweets coming in, but first, I do want to let you know, fans, bid now on exclusive game-used Angels and Dodgers jerseys from this Freeway Series. A portion of the proceeds benefit the Angels Baseball Foundation and Orange County Conservation Corps. Visit MLB.com slash Freeway Series Auction. By the way, the Roberto Clemente Award is given to a player who exemplifies the game of baseball, extraordinary character, philanthropy, and positive contributions both on and off the field. Cast your vote for our nominee, Mike Trout, at MLB com slash Clemente21. Mike Trout did hit a three-run home run in tonight's game. The Angels able to get to Clayton Kershaw, but on a night when they absolutely had to win, they just put themselves in a spot where they could have had the chance, and then in the later innings, things seemed to get away. And that was after you got what you needed from the Texas Rangers tonight. Uh, we have Mark Langston here in studio. And again, I'll get some more of your tweets here in a second, but part of it is, like you look at tonight and you have these incredibly high expectations. The Angels have to win. It's like a playoff game, and you know it doesn't happen tonight. But then you remember they're playing the Dodgers, who right. who right, you know, clearly the best team in baseball right now. And at the same time, you just think back to the Angels put themselves in just too tough of a predicament. You think about the one and five they go in Arlington, getting swept by Seattle earlier this year. So many different situations for the Angels early on. Um, it's it was great to see the way they bounce back, and I hate to live in the past, and I hate to think about what if, but I do think what if this team could play 162? Because, Mark, in the last month, we've seen some good things from this Angels club. Oh, no question about it. I think this is the kind of the club that you predicted at the beginning of the right. season, but they got off to that tough start in a 60-game season. You do not have the luxury to start off very slow. You're playing catch-up, and you're playing catch-up to the Oakland A's, who's a team that won 97 games last year. The Houston Astros, at the time, you're thinking, oh my gosh, they're the They've won 100-plus games the last three years. So uh, once you get behind, you're like, where are my avenues? Where are my options? Uh, and so certainly to see the team bounce back and see the Astros literally f- were falling back into the Angels' yeah. lap, including tonight. Right. Uh, the, the 
that scenario, you just didn't expect it to play out. They've had so many injuries to their pitching. Their pitching is just decimated. I don't know how they're going to put pieces together for the postseason because their bullpen's a mess, their rotation's a mess. So, uh, you know, that's how this whole thing kind of developed. And the Angels, uh, you know, they just started playing good baseball, and here come the Houston Astros flying right back to them. So uh, it it was an interesting season to where – Joe Mann talked about it. You don't. You have to get off to a good start. At least tread water as much as you can early in the season till you find your stride. The Angels did not do it. They didn't find their stride until late, mm-hmm. uh, and made that charge here late. And again, if you would have told me at the beginning of this month that the Angels would be fighting to the right. last three games of the season, I would have said there's absolutely no way yep. that that's even a scenario. Uh, they were closer to finishing in last place than they were to getting to the post season so uh tribute to this ball club to really you know dig deep and they had to roll up their sleeves and get it done and they were able to do that for sure and there were a lot of people asking about this at the time in the fifth inning of our game tonight was when the rangers and the astros were dealing with extra innings and the runner at second base in extra innings and and, uh, i got a ton of questions about that at the time about i I know it's not going to happen in the postseason But, man, in a game like that, had the Angels been eliminated before they even had a chance to win tonight's game, if that would have happened and and the Astros would have won by scoring a a run when they didn't even get a hit in the inning, boy, you think about what a horrible way the Angels could have possibly been eliminated. Obviously, that's not the way it ended up shaking out tonight. But you think about that kind of situation and go, my gosh, that would that would have been a really tough way to go down. And I know, again, it's not going to happen in the postseason, but the last week of the year, the last series of the season, man, that could have really been interesting. And that was a test for that uh, rule. Mark, do you see this as being a viable option for MLB to continue moving forward with, with the extra runner at second base and extra innings? No way. I do not see. <laughs> Out of all the rules, and there's been some that I, I, I've actually think all right that's a pretty good idea this is not one of them there's just no way that you can uh have a guy start at second base and and really dictate games you understand it in a 60 game season when there really wasn't any spring training in spring training 2.0 there there wasn't enough time they didn't compete against anybody else you were just doing inter-squad games so you kind of had to protect the pitching side of it and so that is one way to protect the pitching side. It's set up to score runs. It's not set up for to be a good, you know, from a pitching standpoint. Yeah. You're already at a disadvantage immediately. And Angels really struggled in those scenarios this year. Yep. Uh, you can look back. There's another reason why the Angels uh, aren't going to make it to the postseason. That that wasn't their friend. They were they were not real good in those type of scenarios, and, and that didn't work out for them. Uh, so I, I don't see that one sticking around. Uh, maybe the three batter rule sticks around. Uh, the thing that was interesting to me, which I didn't like it at first, but the seven inning double header, mm. uh, that, that I don't know where that sits or, or where that plays out. Uh, it's something that uh, I think the players love it. I think the managers love it because you're not going to absolutely kill because you could have those scenarios and those double sure. headers where you just your your bullpen's wiped out for a week after those kind of scenarios to where two seven innings now you could have a starter who can get you maybe a complete complete game in those type of scenarios save your bullpen so uh we'll see how that one plays out but uh uh you know th- 
they, this is the year to try a few yeah. of those things. And certainly, I, I don't think the runner at second base going into extra innings. You, you could see the importance of that. Now you're going to get into real important games. What? Where is that rule going to go? Exactly. Out the door. So so I actually really like the, the seven-inning doubleheaders, and I love Joe Madden's idea. He says – Put some of these scheduled in this in the regular calendar so fans can enjoy a doubleheader and maybe you build in a couple of those throughout the season. Like, of course, baseball used to do. We all know how Joe is, and uh, <laughs> Joe believes in that, and that's a, that's a throwback mantra right there from Joe Madden. The, the three-batter minimum rule is I, I despise that rule more than I despise the extra runner at second base and extra innings. I don't like that rule at all, but the three-batter minimum rule really changes the game for me. And as Joe pointed out, he just said this the other day, that when you're in those kind of situations and you're worried about the pace of game, if you're if guys are getting the batter box quick and you're moving, the game's moving along and has a good pace to it, you're not so worried about the pitching changes that are going to come in the late inning situations where the three batter minimum rule would come into play. So that's one for me that I, I would like to see that one go away. But that one will be sticking around for the postseason, which will be interesting. I uh, got another tweet here, and this one, uh, a couple people, Stephen Garcia wrote one, also uh, at Go Halos said this as well, wanting to see what pitchers. Would you like to see the Angels go after this offseason? And obviously, Trevor Bauer headlines the class of free agents. And, you know, I would imagine the Angels are going to want to explore the trade market as well. What way do you see the Angels going this offseason, Mark? Uh, you know, that's a good uh, call. I mean, obviously, the free agents, you look at all the free agents that are out there and you have to go, okay, where do they, the Angels fit as far as that? Trevor Bauer is going to be, uh, obviously, I think the Angels will kick the tires on Trevor Bauer, and they'll have some meetings to see, uh, you know, where Trevor Bauer, I don't know where Trevor Bauer, he's talked about one-year deals, and then now he's kind of thrown that around, well, maybe not. So you're not quite sure with Trevor Bauer. He's usually all (laughs) over the place as it is. But with that being said, he's probably going to win, in fact, I would think he's a shoe in to win the Cy Young in the National League. He's been unbelievable for them uh, down the stretch and really has been fun to watch. From that regard, as far as pure stuff is concerned, he is truly one of the best in the National League. He will be high on everybody's list, not just the Angels. I think a lot of teams will be looking at uh, where Trevor Bauer fits. The trade market, there's no doubt about it. If you're going to make a moves, the Angels are looking to have those top of the rotation guys. So those don't are they're just not around. And you're right. if you're going to either sign one or you got to try to trade a lot of pieces to get one of those guys. So uh, those are the options right there. If you want to get a front-end rotation piece, it's going to cost you either a lot of your top guys or it's going to cost you a lot of money. So uh, it's not a problem. Artie has has always proven and shown he's a guy that spends money. You can look at this ball club. And again, they built this ball club to beat teams up offensively, uh, and that They've done a pretty good job offensively. If you look at a lot of the numbers, they are towards the top of the American League this year offensively. The pitching side of it definitely has to get addressed. And you feel like it, it's not that far. And I know a lot of people think it's the future is not bright. The It doesn't take much to really kind of maneuver their way into a, a very good team. I think they have some, some pieces in this rotation that – uh, I, I really like, and I think that going forward that they can be contributors to it, but I still think they need those 
top-end guys. They need at least one of those guys uh, to fit in the top end. And we'll see, again, with Shohei Otani. Uh, I'm not going to give up on Shohei, by the yeah. way. Uh, I think Shohei, unfair the way this thing kind of played off. Coming in, a guy from off of Tommy John surgery, didn't have a normal spring training, went through inner squad stuff, yeah. uh, and I think that contributed to some of the things that we saw with Shohei. Uh, we'll see. I think he's going to go through a normal offseason, show up to spring training, go through a normal spring training, competing against other teams, yeah. build himself up, and then we'll see with Shohei Otani. I, I, I would not pull the plug on him. We saw back in 2018 what Shohei is capable of doing when he's healthy. And if he's healthy, he is one of those sure. front-end rotation pieces. So uh, if you can get Shohei back up and running like we saw in 2018 uh, and you add another major piece, right. and then some of the other guys that we've seen this year, Dylan Bundy's been outstanding this year, uh, You know Andrew Heaney, you start pushing those guys back into – different roles in the far as the rotation, your rotation looks better immediately. But you need definitely need a healthy Shohei Otani, and I think you do need another big front-end rotation piece. Mark, it was a pleasure having you in studio. Thanks for hanging out. I know it's a long day for you hanging out here, doing the games and coming to do Angels Recap, but I, I really do appreciate it. It was fun having a baseball conversation and going a little deeper and talking about some of the things of this team because I think it's an important conversation to have, and I really appreciate you spending some time to do that with us. Trent, oh, I always enjoy our conversations daily. We you, we always get here early, and we're able to yep. have our baseball conversations <laughs> you know, without the mics on, so it's, it's fun to sit here. Uh, thanks for asking me to stick yeah. around. And this is one of those days, you know, again, there's so many things that happened in this today that obviously with the with the Texas Rangers beating the Astros and then the Angels season coming to an end as far as the postseason's concerned, uh, you know, it, it just felt like a time to kind of reflect on where this team is. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I, I do believe the future is bright for this team offensively. It's a very talented team. They just need to shore up a few things on the pitching side of it, and they, they're capable of doing that. And we'll see how the Angels' offseason plays off uh, this winter, and uh, and I know you'll be all over that. I look forward to hearing yep. your updates as I'm driving <laughs> around this winter. Well, we have fun. And by the way, the conversations that happened pregame – Tonight's show sounded a lot like what those are like, so you guys got to hang out in f with us uh, for that, too. Mark, thanks again, and really appreciate it. You got it, Trent. Anytime. You know, I'm really thankful for Mark to not, not just doing a great job all season on Angels broadcast. He and Terry Smith are, are just awesome, but to spend that kind of time with us and to go through a lot of the you know topics you guys are thinking about coming into this offseason and what the Angels are going to do and how this team is going to get better because we all know that this group is talented and I think that we can all be optimistic about the offense and I think that we all can recognize where change needs to happen. It's, you know, you identify the what now it's about the how, and the how is going to be determined by uh, the new general manager and how the Angels go about that and what's going to happen here uh, in the very near future. And it'll be very interesting to see the way this takes shape because it's going to be very important. With this Angels team right now, uh, it is clear that this is a lineup that is ready to win now. You talk about a championship core of Trout and Rendon. When you got those two guys, which, I mean, people have been talking about Trout and Rendon 
Rendon since the day Rendon signed as being the best, you know, three, four hitters in a lineup that you're going to find in baseball. I mean, these guys are that good or two, three, however it ends up being in the Angels lineup. That is a huge thing to have, and any team would kill to have Trout and Rendon back-to-back, and it'll be very interesting to see what pieces the Angels are going to be able to get this offseason to make this team better and to get this team to being a contender. I still wonder what could have been 2020 if the Angels would have gotten a full 162 because I think we saw enough in September that this thing was starting to turn around and they just ran out of time. Like for me, the way this season went for me, the Angels got off to the poor start. They knew they needed to get off to a fast start, but they got off to a poor start. And then you start pressing. And then you're saying, okay, boy, we can't lose again. Then these games are really important. And then when you're pressing like that, things got worse. Instead of getting better, they got worse. So the Angels went from a poor start to making matters worse to all of a sudden and they're in such a deep hole, you stopped worrying about the playoffs. You said, let's just play baseball. Let's be ourselves. Let's, let's just play. And then the Angels you know, start going on this little run here, and they make some noise, and then you're like, hey, wait a minute. We are in the mix. And then now you're not so much pressing as you are thriving on positive energy and momentum that's carried with you to where the Angels had a 20-day stretch where they were the best team in baseball from September 3rd to September 23rd. I mean, the Angels were that this year and then just didn't quite have enough the end and in my opinion ran out of time that's what I you know that to me is the season in a nutshell it was about you know getting behind early and then when they were pressing that's really when things went south um, you know, and you kind of had to press because you're in this shortened season where you didn't get to play it out like normal. And, you know, you're still trying to figure out the bullpen. And, you know, Joe Madden has said it takes about a month to figure out a bullpen. Well, it did for the Angels this year. And then you saw when this group started to play, you know, the kind of baseball we'd expect, they have the September that they did to at least give themselves a chance heading into the final weekend of the season, which to me is quite admirable. Uh, one of the big pieces there was Andrew. Heaney, who had a very good September, and Heaney is uh, not taking much time to uh, relax right now. He is getting right after it and doing some really cool work in the community. Now, this interview was recorded um, before the events that happened virtually, so you can't register for when Andrew Heaney says, okay, you can register. That's done, but there are other ways that you can help out, be a part of uh, his initiative, his charity, his project that he's working on, uh, check out future events. Again, Andrew Heaney is doing really cool work. I am a dog lover, and I understand the value of having animals around, especially um, you know to, to try to help uh, soothe feelings and, and do all that. I love my puppy, Teddy. Um, and I'm getting another one soon, too, by the way. And uh, it was just really cool to hear Andrew Heaney talking about uh, the way that uh, his animals uh, help him and the way he's using animals to help others who really need that. So here now our conversation with Andrew Heaney. All right, we are joined now by Andrew Heaney, who's got a big event coming up this week. I know that, uh, obviously, for the Angels, the baseball season is over, but uh, the work not stopping for Andrew Heaney because the Pup Cup is going on this week. And, Andrew, how are you, man? I'm doing good, Trent. How are you? I'm doing well. Hey, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the Pup Cup 5K9, I think is what you're calling it, which is pretty yeah. cool. And I know that it's the fourth year you've been doing this. Just what can you tell us about the event? Yeah, so like you said, it's the fourth year we've been doing it. Um, basically, it's a 5K. You can run with your dog. And uh, all the money that's raised goes to getting full-time therapy dogs in um, in hospitals. Uh, we started with Chalk, 
and they are like pretty much ready to go, ready to receive their dog. Obviously, with all of the uh, COVID things happening, that's kind of been on the back burner for a lot of a lot of these hospitals. But um, you know, I think times like these really show when people need that love and need that support when they're away from home, away from their maybe their pets, their family, um, and need somebody to just kind of love on and make them feel good. And I know that's what my dogs do for me, and so you know we want to bring that joy to. You know, to to other people, especially you know, in in those uh, you know children hospitals and things like that. Um, so yeah, the race. Obviously, this year we had to go to a virtual race. So basically, you you run your own 5K and you post your time. If you sign up, you know, you get a you get a bib. You get to uh, declare like what uh, hospital you want your your donation to go to. You run your 5K. Uh, you can post your times. If you're a serious runner, you can go to the runsignup.com and post your times. Um, you know, you can get, you get, we got t-shirts, we got medals, we got all kind. you know, all the, all the normal swag that you get, uh, had the race actually happened in person. And, um, you know, a hundred percent of the, of the proceeds go to the, to the hospitals that we have on there that are our beneficiaries. Dude, that's fantastic. So I, I just registered myself. I got my puppy, Theodore. He's a, a little yellow Labrador. He's only six yeah. months old. So we're just going to do the one-mile fun <laughs> run because I don't think he can make it through a 5K. Uh, so we're just going to do the five run because I think he might get too distracted if we go longer than that. Um, what made you decide to get into this? Because, I mean, it, it's really cool what you're doing, and we know uh, your, your passion for animals and dogs. And uh, What made you just decide to go and, and do something cool like this? Yes, I mean, that's, that's really the genesis of where it started. Um, you know, I know, like, for me, like, being able to come home, have my dogs there, they don't they don't judge you, they don't care, they just love you unconditionally. It makes me, you know, it's a stress relief for me. It makes me feel good. And, and uh, having done a lot of the chalk visits, um, you know, that the angels do and that, that we've done with them, um, and kind of we were there one time and they had some dogs there and we are me and, some of the kids were petting the dogs and we were talking and started talking to one of the, the handlers and they were just the part time. They were only allowed in on certain days, certain hours. Um, you know, I just thought, man, this would be something that like, it would be great uh, to have full time. Um, and there's OU medical center uh, children's hospital here in Oklahoma. Um, we went there and met with uh, the lady that, that runs their therapy dog program and their dog targa and we're like man we gotta like we gotta get this for chalk like that would be amazing and so we kind of started talking to, to them at ou medical center ou children's um and and just that's kind of where it was born from you know um and so they actually now at, at ou children's have i think three dogs you know so they, they've got a big facility wow. here in oklahoma um, and so that, you know, we want to, we want to start doing that for other places. And obviously just one full-time dog is great. Um, and if we can do that for multiple hospitals and then start growing from there. That's, that's the ultimate goal. All right. So how many, uh, how many dogs do you and Jordan have right now? We got two. Two? We got a, a nine-year-old black lab Sadie and a three-year-old black golden retriever. He's, he's a mix, uh, we think we know the mom was a golden retriever. We think the dad was a black lab, uh, and so there, uh, he's Charlie, and so they're uh, 
they're they're fun. They're two completely different personalities. <laughs> uh, Char- Charlie's the lay in your lap, begs for pets. Sadie is the wants you to throw the ball and beg for food. She's kind of the old girl, getting a little little stubborn. Just loves to <laughs> do her own thing. So, see, I got my puppy here, but uh, my missus now has me. We're gonna go get another one because she says you oh, gotta yeah. have you gotta have two. They they yeah, need, they need companionship. Better, yeah, they're better in pairs, man. It's it's hilarious. They roll around, fight over balls, you know, like they're wrestling around and it's, it's fun. It's definitely, it's a different vibe when you got two of them. <laughs> that, that, that is awesome. I want to shift gears to, just for a moment uh, to talk a little bit about baseball, because obviously uh, the, the way that this season came to an end, it clearly was not what you guys had in mind. Um, but, but I am curious because I, for one, watching you guys every night, um, I felt inspired by the effort and the heart shown in the month of September to, to make a push here. Uh, what was kind of the takeaway from your guys' perspective about um, how the final month of the season went? Yeah, I mean, I think that most most everybody thinks that that's the team that we should have been and could have been all year long, right? I mean, it, it definitely early on it was, you know, some some pretty slow starts from a lot of different position groups and pitcher groups. And, you know, I mean, like we, we didn't – we yeah. were spinning our wheels, Um and in a shortened season, that's definitely going to affect you. I mean, that's the beauty of a 162-game season is even the teams that have the best records usually are going to lose five games in a row. They're going to go on a stretch where they lose nine out of ten. They're going to maybe even have, you know, you look at the Nationals last year, started off the season, I'm pretty sure it was about the same record that we did through 30 games. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times those things kind of balance themselves out. I mean, obviously, we we knew what we signed up for. We knew that it was a short season and that you couldn't put yourself in a hole like that. Um, and and we just did the best we could to try and dig ourselves out of it. Obviously, it was a little too little too late um, and had a tough schedule coming down the stretch. So it, it, was, it was tough and it, it's frustrating. But at the same time, like, I do feel like there was – uh, you know some growth, and we saw some amazing things from some of the some of the guys getting some opportunities. You know, like Ward playing every day. Obviously, what Walshie did at the end of the year oh um, was unbelievable, and I think those things are extremely encouraging uh, for next year. You know, and and from a pitching side, like I mean, the way Mike Myers finished finished his season was was unbelievable. So I mean, I think you know you look at you look at some of the the guys that position-wise young guys that got some playing time like that's really encouraging for next year and it just shows what kind of team we can be and i also think that a huge reason why you guys were able to have that success in what was i guess the second half even though it was uh, what 30 games um but you talk about i mean you had a really good september and you know dylan bundy had a great year and griffin canning Mm -hmm. was really coming along how about the job jaime Berea did down the stretch for you guys i mean did did you feel like as a unit uh, the the starting pitching kind of was figuring some things out and just really kind of just getting going yeah like i said i mean i i think it's like I said, it's not an excuse. We know what we signed up for, but it, it was a little bit of a strange start to the season. Obviously, Bundy got off to an extremely hot start, um, you know, and and I think Griff didn't get off to the start that he wanted, but uh, he started pitching better. Berea has always been able to come in and do what he does. I mean, he's he's solid. He does it. I think pitching, starting pitching especially, is contagious. You get a couple good starts in a row, and it kind of feels like 
you know, you don't want to be the guy that kind of breaks up that rhythm. You don't want to be the guy that kind of like is the weak link in that, in that rotation. Um, but it can also go the other way. You know, you get a couple bad starts in a row and it starts really snowball and you know that the bullpen's thin. There's, you know, some, some pressure on you to give you good, you know, give the team good innings. And sometimes that, uh, that pressure and that, you know, you got to go out there and pitch free and easy. Um, and so I think we started getting on a roll and we started having guys really like putting together some quality starts. And sometimes that's all it takes to really just get going and, and you can sustain that for a month, two, three months at a time. So, um, again, that's why I think a lot of guys feel very sure. half ended. It's just, unfortunately, we had such a horrid first half that we couldn't make up the ground, you know? Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Well, you know, Andrew, we probably won't see it till spring training, uh, but I, I, w- I would just kind of like to know, uh, what are your plans for the offseason? What do you do during this time to, to get ready to go for 2021? Uh, normally, my wife and I take some time. We travel. Obviously, that's not really going to happen this year uh, with everything going on, but and I, I, I'm ready to go. I'm kind of you know, I only threw about uh, 70-ish, I don't even think 70 innings. So, you know, I, I think I'm going to kind of take a short little break here and then really get right back at it. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be taking a ton of time off. I kind of think I want to keep rolling through with, with such a short season, and I'm going to get going, man, like get back at it and kind of work on a few things that, um, you know, I could have done better this year and that kind of got away from me and keep uh, keep out a few things that were, were working for me and, and try and improve on that. Hey, Andrew, thank you so much, man. I appreciate this. Yeah. You know, congratulations to you on the success you had this season and, and enjoy the off season and looking forward to seeing you uh, in Tempe. Thanks, man. Thanks, Trent. Take it easy. You know, I wonder how many different players are going to be adjusting their offseason plans based on how this season goes. That'll be kind of interesting to track uh, as we get a little bit closer to the start of the season. I think there's something like 150 days until uh, spring training begins. So uh, we do have a little bit of time. That's going to just about do it for us here on this podcast. Did want to let you know, like I said at the top of the show, just a reminder, we're going to take a little bit of time off here from the Angels Recap Podcast. When the Angels get a new general manager, then we will uh, be back into doing some more podcasts then, and then going into the winter meetings and beyond. We'll have all kinds of coverage for you. But uh, it is going to be a little bit more sporadic here in the fall. We're going to let the baseball playoffs play out, and uh, then when it comes time to start gearing up for the 2021 season, Well, we will be with you all of the way for that. Of course, you can always listen to Angels Radio AM830 KLAA. Uh, we got daily updates going on there as we try to keep you up to speed on all things Angels baseball. This officially closes the book on the 2020 season. It's time to move on. 2021 starts now for the Angels. It actually already started. It's time to get this team not just to the postseason, but to the postseason and to win in October. That's all part of it. That is the expectation here, and I have a a strong, strong belief that this offseason is going to help the Angels get to that point. That's it for me. I'm Trent Rush. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast.